The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to episode four of Brian and Colonial, an Alabama podcast for Alabama people. I'm your host, Kevin Paul, and today we've got a pretty exciting guest. Um, you know, she's a recent Alabama graduate, uh, a rising star in media relations, uh, very outspoken um, about many things on all social medias, and one of the more entertaining follows that you'll ever have. Uh, joining us is Gabrielle DeCarlo. Gabby, how are you today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. It's great to have you on. So uh, jumping right into it, did you watch the Tennessee game this past weekend? I did. I was actually running some errands, so I didn't catch the first half, which is probably good. There wasn't a ton going on in the first quarter, but uh, <laughs> I got I got home on the couch for the second half, so that was good. Perfect, perfect. And did you smoke your cigar, yes or no? So actually, um, my brother, who is um, – I'm a triplet, so um, one of uh, the other two – um, went to Tennessee uh, and I decided oh, wow. I shouldn't be mean, so I should just keep it at the win and no cigars necessary. Uh, uh, I did not. You are a better sport than uh, myself and many other people would have been. Oh, that's great. So, uh, Gabby, you, like I mentioned, you are a recent Bama grad, so I do like asking everyone to start off. Um, how did your journey to Alabama fandom start and how did you get to this point? So I will say um, I grew up in uh, Simsbury, Connecticut, and going to the Deep South for any reason is kind of unheard of. Um, and I remember the college recruiter coming my junior year of high school, and I was like, LOL, that's a joke. Um, and then the next year rolled around, and I was like, I am in love with this school. Um, and I ended up actually visiting and falling in love. I got to go to, unfortunately, the 2016 Ole Miss game when we lost at home. Oh. It was traumatizing. I think that was the first time I saw like grown men crying over a game, um, <laughs> which was kind of great. But I was in the nosebleeds up with the old Miss fans. And um, after that, I kind of decided this is where I want to be. I saw them. Um, I think they had Dixieland Delight playing and they had the shakers going. And I was like, I really want to be in that student section. And <laughs> that's that's it. You know, I think that's the last time for a number of years that Dixieland Delight was ever actually played. I think that's the one that officially got it canned um, for three years going on. Well, I'm glad I got to see the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. So, um, and then you went to Alabama, right? Um, you you were one of the people that um, swears by Reese Pfeiffer and that the building layout makes sense, correct? I am. I am one of those people. <laughs> so just getting into that, a question that, you know, has been answered for me, um, but A, I've forgotten, and B, I don't really understand it. Um, you did, you do work in PR. What is the difference between PR, advertising, marketing? I know it's all related. I cannot tell you how. And as someone that used to work in social media, that's probably a red flag. But um, <laughs> can you sort of explain um, just the process of PR and how it differs from those other two fields? Definitely. That is one of my favorite questions. I love telling people that I work in PR and having them go, oh, so you write social media posts all day. And I'm like, mm, actually, no, but uh, I'll educate you. 
Um, <laughs> so in the grand scheme of things, marketing is kind of a larger umbrella. Um, a lot of times it's focused on um, product placement and really trying to get uh, consumers to purchase a product. And under that umbrella, there is two um, big houses. One is advertising, one is public relations. Advertising is a lot of um, paid spots. So commercials, um, social media ads, advertisements, um, billboards. And there's been all sorts of new ways to do things like that. Um, nowadays, there's influencers. Um, and we'll get into that in a second. That kind of crosses over. Public relations is really the process of working um, with a media outlet or a publication um, and positioning your client. Um, but also in terms of not media relations, it's really changing public opinion. Public relations is the study of an organization and its audience or the public. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really interesting. Not only is it just trying to sell a product or um, trying to get um, a really good idea in someone's head, it's everywhere. It's um, public affairs, people, um, press secretaries, it's really everywhere and it's so broad and a lot of people aren't really aware of that. And so that's one of my favorite things to talk about is just the breadth of public relations in everyday life and advertising. And the way that social media works into that, there's kind of, um, it's called PESO, paid, earned, shared and owned media. Ah, and so social yeah. media, yeah, social media <laughs> fits into that. Um, and so advertising, marketing, NPR all kind of share that. Um, You'll pay for some ads. You can get some earned media by pitching, doing media relations. That's a really big PR side. Advertising is the paid side. And then owned is kind of your own channels that you own. So um, email marketing and um, things on your own website. And then shared is that really big social media where you can do all sorts of things. You can do influencers to get someone to purchase something through an ad and get someone to um, change their idea or, or um, their thoughts about something, which is more public relations. So it all kind of fits together. It's all in one big house under one bit of umbrella, but it's uh, it's very intermingled. That is one of the best explanations I've ever heard of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Uh, I think you're qualified to teach Marketing 300 at UA now. <laughs> if anyone <laughs> wants to hire me, I'm here. <laughs> So going forward, you um, so you, you do live in New York, right? I did. Um, okay. I actually am back in Connecticut now. <laughs> okay. So uh, my my main question is just how how long were you in New York, and just how was it during the pandemic? Because I was up there a few months myself, but I was pretty sequestered in Queens, so I didn't really get to see everything that went on. So how was it? You know, how did you adjust, and you know, how did you come out of it, um, seeming with some momentum? Um, from what you told me. Yeah. So actually I, um, my mom, um, superwoman, superhero, I would not be here without her and I adore her completely. She is, um, an OBGYN. So, um, obstetrician and gynecologist, um, in New York city and, um, handling those patients. Um, a lot of her patients, I was with her. Um, a lot of her patients, um, became positive. She became exposed. Um, as everyone knows, New York City became the hotspot. Um, I mean, unfortunately, they ended up having to um, put the deceased in refrigerated trucks. I mean, it was really horrific thing. Mm, um, yeah. And so um, for the safety of myself, um, I was in Connecticut for um, all of that time because it was not safe for me to be in an environment with someone that was being exposed working in a hospital. So um, I actually spent all my transition time from Connecticut um, 
for the safety of everyone around me and then my own family. So um, it was a very hard transition, though, I think, um, not being able to have a graduation and Mm -hmm. um, having I was going for a few job interviews and having getting the email that unfortunately we're working from home. We don't know how long this is going to last. And of course, that's the golden statement these days is everyone saying we didn't know how long this was going to last. And here we are. (laughs) Um, So it was, it was quite the struggle. And I think a lot of people can um, echo that sentiment. Um, But for me, I definitely um, was very privileged and uh, blessed to be able to ride it out um, away from hotspot. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, I've told a lot of people this, you know, I I had my own issues with COVID, um, not necessarily contracting it, but just with everything around it. I'm living in New York, but I cannot imagine um, being a college student during it. Uh, I I thrived so much on order um, and routine (laughs) when I was in school. And this is probably the biggest sledgehammer you could take to it. So kudos to you for, you know, making it through. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, of course, of course. So lightening the mood a little bit. Uh, obviously, <laughs> you, said, you, you did mention that uh, you do work in PR. Uh, both myself and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are, you know, also wondering, what does it mean to build a brand? And of the most effective ones that, you know, you've come across, uh, what do they all have in common or what best practices do you think they all employ? Definitely. I think... That's such a loaded question. I'll just admit that <laughs> off the bat. Um, but it really it's pretty depends. good, yeah. Yeah, I think the landscape um, of relating to um, people really started to change probably in about 2010. I'm sure everyone knows the whole meme thing um, and kind of really studying that. And well, and everyone found humor in relating to one another over an event that happened. And I think that was a really big sweet spot that a lot of people and a lot of social media brands, especially. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for, or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi priority notify with your Amex platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Because, um, Coming out of the Great Recession in 2008, 2010, a lot of brands really started building themselves up. A lot of people got social media platforms. The world started to um, spread information and really digitize. And I think being able to relate to people through humor, especially in such a dark time, became a really big thing. And that started building um, the base for the past decade. Um, Obviously, I started studying public relations um, only four years ago. But um, really being able to go back and um, think about how these brands um, build themselves up. I think one of my favorite brands just on Twitter is uh, Wendy's. And that's everyone's (laughs) go-to. But they do such a great job of finding the relativity and the culture in Twitter or in what's trending and being able to use that um, to not sell a product, but to really get in with their customers and relate to them and have a conversation. I think that's one thing that's been um, really huge and a really big turning point for a lot of brands is being able Mm -hmm. to not just appeal to their consumers or their target audience, but be able to really have that conversation and an exchange and a back and forth. And I think a lot of, um, at least everyday um, people of the world really appreciate being able to um, have a conversation, whether it's customer service or have someone um, like Southwest Air or have someone um, just respond to them about their tweet about a Travis Scott burger. Like just, (laughs) it's like from A to Z, just being able to have that interaction. And I think a lot of brands thrive and are able to build themselves up on interacting um, with those people through social media. I think social media is a giant, giant tool um, that a lot of brands I don't think would be there today. I mean, you can take TikTok. I know that's a controversial, but Personally, the trends that have come from there are incredible. And I've seen like Ocean Spray with um, that guy uh, skateboarding, drinking the Ocean Spray, uh, um, yes. playing uh, <laughs> Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. I mean, Fleetwood Mac has like made videos about it. Ocean Spray is flying off the shelves. Like 
it's crazy how these things really affect everyday life and affect business and marketing and like everything gets pulled together and it kind of all makes sense in one big picture. So I think a lot of successful brands um, become successful by being able to um, relate to their audience and have an actual real life connection with them. Yeah, I, I've uh, seen a lot of Wendy's tweets on my timeline <laughs> just through the years. Um, but to your point, I don't ever remember them like trying to sell me anything. It's just <laughs> it's just yeah. them, you know, interacting and then just being in the ether. I, I do think it's interesting that you know, just take even maybe even ten years ago, if a guy skateboards down the street, you know, drinking cranberry juice, that's just you know a nice afternoon for him. But you know, it kind of shifted the juice markets <laughs> in a way. Yeah, it did. Like, like you said, there was almost a nationwide shortage of cranberry juice because of a single TikTok. Uh, and I Crazy. think that's incredible. Okay. So a uh, couple rapid fire questions. Number one, favorite game day memory as a student at Alabama. I'm trying to think of one that is peaceful and good for the podcast. Um, this, is, I think- this podcast is <laughs> Not rated. Uh, just. <laughs> I think. I think I will um, say probably senior year when I kind of realized that this was like the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I didn't realize that it was the end. The end then. Um, but <laughs> I think it was the LSU game, and man, that was a heartbreaker um, for sure. I remember sitting in World of Beer and. Only if I only let a few tears fall. You can't let them. Can't let them see you cry. <laughs> no. Um, but getting to go walk through the Heisman House, and I think I did some virtual reality like football thing, and I got to like sit in the seat and like feel it, and kind of look at all the fans and all the people that were pouring into Tuscaloosa, um, no matter who they were, and they were just cheering on the tide, and it was a really big game. And even when we lost, everyone was like we're still Alabama. Like we still love each other. We're still the tide. And I think that was one of my most meaningful favorite game days um, because it just reminded me of why I went to that school and why I chose it and why I still love it so much. Right. Rated PG, of course. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) So next, um, your least favorite uh, game day memory or just your least favorite game as a student. Ooh. I think I don't remember. I think it was my sophomore year. Um, no, I mean I think it was freshman year. It was really hot in October. Like it was unseasonably hot, and I think it was an 11 a.m. game. And I was like, I'm gonna go to every game because I'm a real fan. I'm not one of those people that goes out and then doesn't go to the early morning game yeah. the next day. Um, and I was in the hot sun in the upper bowl at 11 a.m. And I think I was, I'd sweat out um, everything and all the water in my body. And I had started to feel sick. And I was with my um, very close friend at the time. And I was like, we need to get out of here. And I like, didn't remember what the score was. I didn't remember what was going on. I was like, I just need to get to some water and some shade ASAP. I I think every Bama student, um, regardless of whatever your drinking habits are or however hydrated you stay, we all have our first minor dehydration experience in Bryant Denny. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. (laughs) All right. So it's a big week, you know, for millennials everywhere as Halloween is this Saturday. Uh, Also a big week for Alabama fans as we play Mississippi State. Uh, The game is at 7 p.m. So I've asking you and I've been asking a lot of people how are you balancing you know 
Alabama playing a game at seven o'clock against, you know, not technically a rival sort of um, just because of proximity and also just, you know, the actual holiday of Halloween. How are you balancing that? Are you just ignoring one of them completely? What's your strategy here? I'll say right off the bat, it's going to get spooky. It's going to get spooky. Okay. I think, um, (laughs) I think trying to balance. Well, I think, I mean, I live in Connecticut and trying to watch the game. And of course, um, just seeing a few close friends, um, to celebrate the holiday. Um, everyone knows that I have to have my Alabama football and they kind of laugh at me when I have my Jersey and my buttons and I'm like, (laughs) well, you just don't get it first of all. Um, but I think, um, wherever I end up, I'm going to need to be near a TV. Um, I -hmm. think I might be getting some dinner. We talked about the squad getting together, getting some Mexican food. So I'm going to make sure wherever we're going, there's a TV. And then, um, whoever's house we're going to after that also has a TV. So I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize, but, but plan the festivities for later in the night, I think is how I'm going to play it. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, do you have any fun costumes planned, or are you keeping it a surprise for uh, the timeline to find out later on? I think I'm keeping it a surprise more just because I have no idea what I'm going to be in. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just for that little, the little magical when reveal when everyone sees what I'm going to be. And I had no idea before. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. What Jersey number do you have? I have a 16. Okay. Nice. Did you get it when we had 16 national championships and it just kind of felt right to do or. <laughs> I did. It was my first. Well, I think it was my first week I had just um, rushed and I was, didn't really know everything that went on. Obviously I'm from new England. So I was like, I don't really know what's happening here. <laughs> and I saw that people had jerseys. And at that time, I mean, it was really cool to have like four, number 14 mm-hmm. and some people had 15. Of course I was that loser freshman that like just bought number 16. Um, <laughs> and I ran, I ran over from Prez to the soup store. This is not a joke. Ran over before I went to um, go from, watch a game. From Prez? <laughs> I ran from I ran from Prez over to the soup store at the Ferg, and I was like, I spent ninety dollars on a nice sixteen jersey, and I remember being like, I can never do that again. Um, <laughs> and then I learned that it was cool to keep like the older jersey, but I remember being like, Oh my god, fourteen! What does that even mean? And then of course I went to the soup store and I figured it out, but. I do have 16. In a few years, though, it'll be cool when we get up to 18, 19, and 20. The 16 will be a relic. People will feel the same way you felt when you saw the 14. Yeah, you hear that saving? Let's get it popping. Come on. Please. We've been so close. (laughs) All right, Gabby, this has been a fun episode. Um, I ask all my guests to predict the game this weekend. Uh, You can get as outrageous as you want with it. Um, We do not keep score here, but also we do keep score. So prediction for the game, go. Um, I think it's going to be – I'm going to title this weekend's game uh, Waddle's Revenge. Um, I think everyone's going to ride for Waddle and I think, um, we're just going to absolutely destroy them. I'm going to (laughs) say, I'm going to, I'm going to say 71 to nine. Okay. (laughs) Just, just to echo Clemson. Clemson's a little crazy. They did that the other weekend and they like beat the crap out of someone. They did. They did. That's what we're going to do. I love the energy. I love the energy. Folks, that was Gabby DeCarlo. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at Gabrielle DeCarlo. Um, 
and I do recommend the follow. It, it, she is a quite entertaining person on Twitter. Um, that's another episode of Brian and Colonial. Uh, as always, you know, like, subscribe, rate five stars, whole nine yards. Uh, thanks again, Gabby, for coming on. We really had fun. Yep. Thanks so much for having me. This was great. It was awesome. Her, great, great. Thank you. Vote for Doug Jones, people. See you later. <laughs>